Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Reiki Women Podcasts. My name is Michaela of Heartscapes Reiki and joined today with Bronwyn Logan of Reiki with Bronwyn. We are usually also joined by Carrie Varela of the Reiki Healing Society, but she is taking some time with her family because here in the United States, this is a holiday week. It is today, the 3rd of July, when we're recording this. You might be watching this or listening somewhere around the 4th of July which in the United States is our Independence Day. And as we are kind of sitting with the energy of this holiday, you know, all of these days that we focus our attention on that hold a particular theme, a particular meaning and importance to a large group of people, they carry a certain energy. And it's very worthy to explore how that energy works inside of our lives, what it really means to us, beyond the pomp and circumstance of whatever the holiday has in store for us. And so we thought that it would be a really valuable time here on the podcast to discuss the question of Reiki and the individual. We are each individual people who experience ourselves as separate and sovereign and particular, self-responsible, and yet we have this system of practice with the system of Reiki and many other practices in folks' lives that direct our attention towards our interconnection, towards our interdependence and our not only logistical and cultural need for each other, but also our spiritual connection uh, on a deeper level. And so we wanted to explore that today in this conversation. How does practicing the system of Reiki impact our experience of ourselves as an individual and our experience of ourselves as interconnected with the wider web of life? And I am excited about this conversation. I'd love to hear where you'd like us to start. Wow, yes. Where do we start? I think you've said it all. I think we can finish now because uh, that's it, right? No, I don't know. I'm already... I'm already here, July the 4th in Australia, so um, I'm already in independent, if you like, and uh, <laughs> I'm independent of Independence Day, And uh, but am I really? So that is the question. Not really, because we are all interconnected. Yes, look at us. And it's amazing, through time, um, through space, we are here together and um, doing this. So as an individual, yeah, I think it's interesting because we can only see ourselves really as an individual. I mean, from a spiritual perspective, we can see ourselves differently. But if I'm looking at myself, you know, I can see my physical body, my physical surroundings. Yep, my computer. So, you know, and I can touch that. So it all does feel um, quite separate life feels separate and uh yet if i think back to when we're born yeah we actually aren't separate we are in another body and we're a part of that body and we are we are using the same functions that that body is using for our own functions so we are not independent and we're not really an individual we are a part of another being and 
I find that really quite fascinating, you know, the idea of birth. In the last week, I've um, two people I know have um, had babies and it's, you know, just the most joyous, amazing, wonderful thing and such a miracle. And I love that reminder of that, you know, because it is so special. And um, the reminder that, you know, that people just go, oh, my God, all of a sudden there, there wasn't a baby. Now there is a baby. And, you know, we move into this individual space and you have this individual little being in front of you that now is breathing on its own, eating on its own, shitting on its own. You know, it's doing all those things. And, uh, you know, I think for that baby, the shock of of moving from being a part of something else and not having to do it all on their own to coming out into this world and and being here is, you know, that must be, I can't remember it, but it must be incredibly challenging. And it's the beginning of us as these beautiful individuals where we try to connect with others, be with others, understand our environment around us. So the system of Reiki, as far as I'm concerned, has been a real blessing with that because it has given me a different perspective on life. It's actually told me that I am not on my own and that the very simple practice of Joshin Kokyoho, which we always come back to, but, you know, just that simple breathing in and out is something that I did when I was a little baby in the womb, yeah, and I'm still doing it now, and we're all doing it together. There is this whole breathing of the world in and out. You know, Michaela, you and I, even though we're you're all the way over there and I'm all the way over here, we're still breathing in and out that same same ether. And, you know, we are a part of it all. Um, so the system of Reiki has been quite mind-blowing for me because it's sort of, I guess, if I were to bring it around, you know, it's bringing, it brings us back into that, into that reminder that we are all like this and uh, that's really beautiful mm. uh there is like so much so many fireworks going off in my mind right now <laughs> as i'm sitting here i i love <laughs> we had a whole conversation about fireworks before we started this recording um yeah i love that you start with this like fundamental biological reality of all of our lives, where we start off utterly interconnected biologically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, you could also argue with our birthing parent. And then there's this fundamental separation that happens at birth that, you know, potentially has its its impact on us. And then there's this period of time and this there's this parallel that that I'm that's happening in my mind here that I'm going to try to flesh out. There's this period of time generally is said by child psychologists to be around birth to going into our third year, where we still really fundamentally psychologically consider ourselves part of our parent still. We don't we haven't individuated ourselves as a separate sovereign creature. Yeah. We're still of course physically very dependent on the adults in our life, but there's this psychological like sameness, oneness 
that is still present in our psychology. And the terrible twos, terrible threes is often seen as that period of time where all of a sudden we go, hang on, I am a separate, completely whole other being that has my own thoughts and feelings and can run over there if I want to, even if my parent is over there, right? And then, you know, we have this whole childhood of learning to be our own self and hopefully getting good guidance about, about how to be a good solid individual while still being held in a loving container of togetherness and belonging. And then we have this system of Reiki that when we look at it from its Japanese origins tells us that we start off our life totally interconnected with life and no, absolutely clear about that, knowing that we are part of this interconnected web that's much bigger than our one little tiny body, you know, entity in the world. It's spacious, it's grounded, it's connected, it is love, and it's whole, and we are whole inside of it and it inside of us, right? This enlightened state of mind. And then life layers on distractions and challenges and pains and belief systems and all of the things that cause us to get off track with that you know, awareness. And then the system of Reiki is there to help us remember. And we often talk about, or I often talk about, you know, remind us that when we're babies, we don't have to remember that we're interconnected because we just are still there mentally. And so in a certain sense, our mature adult self as a Reiki practitioner, I think what happened in my mind is like, why couldn't we hold on to that sense of knowing that we're interconnected as we grow up? But biologically, we need that period of differentiating so that we can navigate the world. We, you know, we, we, we potentially, this is a theory, you know, we need that pain of separation in a certain sense, and then to learn our sense of belonging in community and gain our sovereignty and our sense of self-responsibility so that we can be a functional member of society. And so in a certain sense, we, we need that, but then we also need something that can loop us back once we are in a mature form, once we are ready for more growth and transformation, that'll help us to remember that original state of mind of interconnection, while at the same time, maintaining that sense of sovereignty and self-responsibility. Because if we don't, you know, this is me now speaking from the perspective of a person who spent a lot of time in Codependence Anonymous, uh, working through the unhealthy version of attachment that we call codependence, mm. right? So we have independence. I am an independent being. I can pull myself up by my bootstraps. I can do everything that I need to do. I don't need help, right? I'm independent. And then we have codependent. I am not fundamentally okay unless everybody else around me is okay. And so I have to hyper fixate on everybody else because they need to be okay so that I can be okay. And I have to manipulate my life to make that true, right? Very exhausting way of being, take it from me. And then we have interdependence, right? And, and what your, your example of how we are when we're born really brought up for me is that interdependence in our consciousness, Right. It's just a fact, I think, in my belief system, our interdependence is just a fact biologically as an organism. We're interdependent with all of life spiritually yeah. we're interdependent, but it's that is our consciousness aware of it. Right. And so 
yeah interdependence is that dual like simultaneous awareness that i am sovereign and i'm responsible for myself and i can make choices and have an impact in the world as an individual and at the same time i am part of everything else that's around me and the system of reiki gives us a way of like making our mind spacious enough to hold both of those things that seem like they might be in conflict that sounds like a baby that's really weird i'm so sorry it's a cat isn't it <laughs> it's my cat yeah <laughs> it's like it's like you know we talk about babies and babies start crying and anyway. he's like let me help you let me give you some sound effects in the background, <laughs> sound effects in the background. <laughs> beautiful beautiful Oh, wow. Yeah, no, there's so much. I was thinking of a lot of things while you were talking there and I just, oh, I wrote a few things down, but um, it it reminded me a little bit about like, you know, that I know that you um, did a thing on the labyrinth and I also have done a thing on the labyrinth and I have a labyrinth here. And, uh, you know, the idea of a labyrinth that, you know, we start in one space and we go through all these things and then we come back out and we're we're back at the same space where we started. And it seems like, was it was it useful to, to, what is the point of having done all that? Because we're still back here again, right? And that's sort of what you were sort of talking about, I think, in a sense, because yes, it is useful. And yes, we are here. We're always here, wherever here is, yeah? And um, so the thing is that in doing that process, we are gaining um we are gaining I don't know awareness I guess you know consciousness great as you were saying so more awareness about our lives um which reminded me as well about the fact that uh when we're little it's it's easy to learn a language yeah because when our brain is more flexible and when we're old apparently it's easy to learn uh, a new language and I mean, older than me, because I still can't find it that easy. But, uh, you know, so this idea that um, once it's like a labyrinth, it's like we where we where we start, we we end. And yet there's all this this happening in between. So we start off quite flexible. We end off quite flexible. But in the middle, we have, uh, you know, we we try out all these different things and we think we have to do this and we have all these rules that we place on ourselves and we do all of that. And there are things we take on, but then as we get older, hopefully our wisdom allows us to let go of a lot of that shit and, you know, just really allow ourselves to be much more in the flow and have that understanding of life that we can be more flexible and that we don't need to be quite so prescriptive. So, yeah, those are sort of my thoughts. And I, I think, um, you know, when we look at a baby breathing, you know, we always talk about that. But, you know, the baby breathing, the whole body is breathing. And uh, that is that is really beautiful. It's Because when we talk about Josh and Kokyoho, it's like this little baby is Josh and Kokyoho. That baby is just the, just the perfect, just that perfect flow. And... Um, Hopefully, you know, when we do this this full circle and when we become old and and we we become like babies again, we go back into that, you know, beautiful natural flow again. And uh yeah, it's like life is a labyrinth. Yeah. Uh that is brilliant and just 
sparked all kinds of things. And my cat is absolutely screaming at me to let him out. So hold on just <laughs> He's literally just like yeah. yelling at me. Karinas, <laughs> out you go. <laughs> Enough of your baby talk. <laughs> All right, back into it. So again, you bring this metaphor forward that's like so juicy and delicious, this metaphor of the labyrinth. I love it. Um, yeah, you know, the, the labyrinth has these three parts, you know, the entering, the centering, and the returning. And I love this, this um, model that you're giving us of like, as a baby, we have this inherent body wisdom of interconnection. And as a as a great elder, perhaps even when we're in our moment of transitioning, we have that again. And can we bring it forward in our daily life when we're in that middle place? And so I love God, I love the idea of using the labyrinth in this way around coming to a embodied day to day lived awareness of interconnection, because we've got that journey inward to the center if we think about joshin kokyoho right this which is a journey inward to the center of our body of our being of our center of gravity of our energy and then this you know working with what does it mean to be me myself and also connected with all of life and we do whatever that work looks like there at the center and then we go into our integration period, right? Integrating what we've learned into our life. That's the return, moving back to where we started. And we, and then we do it again, right? <laughs> right? Because it's like, it's not like we go into practice and then we guess we get it all solved and we get it all figured out and we're enlightened and then that's it, right? <laughs> it's like the system of Reiki gives us this really beautiful, like gentleness, right? Just for today. I remember that I'm, I am enlightened <laughs> just for today. I remember I'm interconnected tomorrow. I'm going to forget again, and then I'm going to walk it again, you know, but these practices give us this like structure and this, this gentleness and this permission to try again and to try again and again, and that that's not doing it wrong. That's like, that's the journey. That's what we're here to do. You know? And when we take the time and we see that journey as worthwhile, and this was something I had to learn because like when I first learned about the concept of enlightenment, right. And the idea that, you know, essentially you could go to heaven when you're still alive, you know, you could like come to a place of just walking joy and centeredness and all of the things um, that felt like so unachievable. And it felt like such a radical goal that was going to be so hard that I might as well not even try. Like, why would I even try? It would be, it's too hard. That's too big of a goal. And when I encountered the system of Reiki and, and, you know, got tricked into it because I wanted to be a healer and like heal other people. Cause again, super codependent at the time, you know, I wanted to use my Reiki magic to make everybody else feel good so that I could feel good slowly realizing, oh, that's not what it's about, right? It's about coming back into my own wholeness and then sharing that outward with others as I move through the world. Um, you know, I, I all of a sudden was integrating a system of practice that said, no, it's not about toiling 
at this work for years and years and years, and then bam, you're enlightened. It's about what's today look like? What does this moment look like? You know, what does that walk of the labyrinth today look like? Um, what is it that I'm integrating this day that can help me feel more like myself, like my true and whole self, which includes feeling interconnected and slowly, gently with kindness, with compassion, with reiteration, with trying again, with, you know, being patient with myself and forgiving myself more and more and more. There's this, there's more moments of feeling like that duality is coming together into a non-dual me. I am an individual. I'm sovereign. I'm self-responsible and I'm inextricably connected to the rest of life at the same time. And those moments of feeling that bring such an incredible feeling of freedom, which was another topic we thought about talking about today. You know, this idea of of freedom and what does that feel like and what does that really mean inside of all of the constraints of our life? You know, this is part of how Reiki would answer that question, I think. Yeah, I mean, though talking about that feeling, that that um, that sense and how that, that feeling draws you forward into your practice, yeah, I think that's really beautiful. And, and the system is set up for that because that's what Reiju is in many ways, right? So when we when we experience Reiju, we have moments of, and also other aspects of the system of Reiki, but specifically Reiju, I, I feel is is you know that has that intent that when we we sit in that space and we just think this feels really feel I don't know people can describe it in many different ways but you know like home like this is this is this is a space I feel right in and um often there's not a lot of times where we feel right in our life yeah and because we are always trying to please others or whatever it might be you know whatever the thing is that that we're trying all the always trying 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 but if we are sitting back into that and and we feel that then when we when we know that space and we're like i can actually which is what you were just saying i love that we can i can actually i can i can be there mm-hmm. and uh that that's a real gift, such a beautiful gift. Um, Usui, you know, um, said that we have to... Um... Hmm, I don't have an answer for that. Is there something else I can help with? I think what it is, is when you say Usui, it thinks you're saying Siri. Did I? Did I say that? Did I say you um, said usui, and that's when she piped up. I bet that's what happened before when that's happened. Uh, yeah, I think whenever, I, that's probably what it is. Whenever you say that name, you Siri thinks it's Siri. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> We're not talking about you, Siri. <laughs> it's not always about you. Um. So, uh, yeah, but Usui said that, um, you know, you, you need to heal yourself before you can heal others, which is... Uh, you know, we can always, when we talk about, you know, the individual, that brings us very much to that point and that we are individuals and we really need to work on ourselves and 
um, when we feel that sense of home, as you're saying, we need to bring that in more and more and more in whatever way that we can, because it brings us back into that state of um, equilibrium and um, wholeness. And from that space, obviously, we are great, um, you know, we are gregarious beings. So we have this this great uh, way of uh, natural way of having to be with each other and if we are whole then we can really be balanced and share that balance out with um with with others around us and uh it's not as easy as it as it sounds you know because oftentimes we're sharing our anger and our, you know, we're sharing all the wrong stuff. So, uh, you know, really allowing ourselves to be in that space and 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 be there and and not be worried about things and just to sit back into that that beautiful um, space. Another thing that you mentioned was about when we were talking about the labyrinth, you know, and going into this center and and. Uh, when we look at the system of Reiki, yes, with Josh and Kokyoho, we have this idea that, you know, we're breathing into the center and then we're, we're allowing that to then to move out. And we can see that as well with um, the, the first symbol and mantra. Um, <clears throat> so the translation of the first uh, symbol, um, Chokurei, means direct to Kami, you know. So direct to Kami means direct to out this essence this this um divine essence within us and when we practice we nourish that essence and we're we're nourishing this uh, it's it sort of feels almost mm, it feels almost womb-like and it feels for me when I talk about it you know and um which if we're talking about labyrinths labyrinths and wombs mm -hmm. so you know um you could you could say everything is interconnected and in some way we could bring it around to be interconnected. But um, so, you know, breathing in, um, nourishing this, this div divineness inside of ourselves when we are in that beautiful natural flow and we're allowing that divineness then uh, to, to be us and to, to, to be shared in, in this world. So um yeah. Yeah. That's really beautiful. There's this piece that often comes up, uh, well, sometimes comes up for students when I'm teaching to interconnection and about the way that Reiki guides us towards our remembering and our felt sense of our inherent in interconnection. Um, and it's a really vulnerable piece that I'm always so grateful when people are willing to share and I've learned to kind of name it even if people aren't sharing about it, which is that thinking about and focusing our attention on interconnection can be really scary. It can bring up aversions. It can bring up, um, yeah. you know, it can bring up the idea that there are people we don't want to be connected with, right? There's people who That's have right. hurt us. There's people who we consider to be bad or evil or harmful, you know, that have, that have wreaked havoc in our life, perhaps. Mm. And the idea that we're interconnected with even those people, right? All of everything um, can be really challenging, right? And it can be a real impediment to going into the practices because if you're like, well, I don't want to go there, right? I need a barrier there. Yeah. And 
this holding this um paradox this non-dual space around my sovereignty my individuality at the same time my interconnection has been a real remedy to that i have found um and so i wanted to, to speak to it in case anything like that is coming up for folks as you're listening and the idea you know it really tracks onto the buddhist principles of relative reality and ultimate reality so the relative reality is that sovereign personal individual experience that we have as of ourself as in this lifetime in this body in this time and place and all of the things that add up to our life and our personality and who we are and in the scheme of our relative reality we have all of these these relationships and all of these connections with other people some of which are hurtful um problematic harmful and in, in that scope of our relative reality, we need to take care of ourselves and keep ourselves safe. And that might mean putting boundaries between us and other people and not seeing those people or moving away from them or getting restraining orders against them or you know whatever the case may be, right? There's, there's boundariedness that needs to happen when we're talking about the relative reality of our body and our individual life. At the same time, there's the ultimate reality, which is what we're speaking to that includes interconnection mm -hmm. and the idea of the web of life and all of us as part of this larger than us life, right? That ex has existed long before this body and will exist long after this body. Um, and it's in that space that we're talking about interconnection, that we are all one, that we are all connected. In that space, we're not hurting each other. In that space, we're not causing problems and chaos for each other. In that space, we're feeling the trueness of each other, right? The goodness, the inherent goodness that each of us is, is what is present in that space and not all of the bullshit of our individual lives. And so, you know, it's, I think it's been an important, um, I, I'm thinking about this in a new way in light of this conversation, that the the knowledge and the experience and affirming our sovereignty and our self-responsibility and our right to safety and our right to making choices about our life and who we interact with and such is an important medicine, an important tool, important structure to help us ease into the interconnection piece. Because if we're afraid of interconnection in our daily life, then it's going to be really hard to lean into it in our spiritual practice. And so there's, there's a way in which keeping an awareness of those two different spheres, but that they all still coexist inside of me at the same time has been helpful for yeah. that, for that dynamic. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just wanted to name that piece. Yeah, no, I think that's a really helpful way to see it because so many people are, do say, you know, oh, but no, I need to protect myself. And it's like, but what are they protecting themselves against? Yeah. So if we're protecting ourselves from, um, from feeling that sense of um, interconnection with everyone on a spiritual level, well, it, that means that we are protecting we are going to be putting up boundaries that uh, are going to stop us from actually developing uh, spiritually. Yeah. So we're not going to be able to uh, 
we're not going to want to be able to sense that interconnection with our world. And when we talk about this awareness and consciousness that we are growing as we as we travel the labyrinth, right? That 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 consciousness and 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 that learning, the learning isn't there. And yeah. we're stunting ourselves. So finding ways, and I think that's a really helpful way using the two truths to to give us that that understanding that yes, okay, we need to look after ourselves. Of course we need to look after ourselves. It's a bit like when we talk about anger. You know, people are, a lot of people say, oh, you know, but I need anger. I have to be angry because, you know, when, you know, if people are hurting animals, surely it's my anger that's going to stop that and motivate me. Well, not, I mean, it's anger is something that is uncontrolled. So it's it's not really an understanding of what's going on. But we don't want to be uncontrolled. We actually want to have all our wits with us and we want to be able to, um, to be really uh, together and and that's not anger, yeah? It's something else. And uh, so knowing, learning about ourselves and learning how we how we react, why we react, um, how we can do it well, um, these are things that we, we learn as we go along and we don't know, know when we're little babies, right? We don't need to know little babies and maybe when we're old and going you know maybe we don't need that then either yeah yeah I you know I I I love that and the idea that um you know again back to the idea of this is not a all or nothing game it's not like either you're you know totally oblivious and living a life of suffering or you're enlightened right that it's it's this cyclical journey where you're circling around you're walking that labyrinth again and again and again we get to make choices about where we push our comfort level right we have to push our comfort level in order to grow and change you know we have to stretch and get a little uncomfortable or maybe a lot uncomfortable and you know like growth and change generally involves discomfort and at the same time we get to make choices about the you know the pace at which we make ourselves uncomfortable the amount of of which how much of a leap we want to take on a given day you know how much of that labyrinth how big of a labyrinth we're going to walk on a given day and that is true when we're working with anger it's true when we're wanting to lean into interconnection and so you know back to the the, the challenge with um, the, the sometimes pain of leaning into interconnection when we're coming at it from our relative reality, which includes not just connection with people, but even, you know, with the world. Um, I had this come up when I taught a class that um, used a particular breathing meditation practice to connect with trees. And one of my participants was in a drought area and the trees in her area were in a lot of pain. And so having this connecting practice with trees in that moment, you know, caused was something that she had to work with. She was very grateful for it. She was ready to lean into the discomfort of that and to face it and to look at it and to say, okay, as a web of life, here is a part of the web that's hurting. And I'm a part of that. I'm not separate from that. I'm a part of it, right? She was ready to do that work. Um, But we get to choose, right? And so for, for others, if, if thinking about interconnection with 
all people or particular people or particular things that feel really painful or affronting, it's just too much. It's perfectly fine to not go there yet. You know, um, I'm working uh, through the book of joy with a group of people. I lead a class walking through that book from time to time. And um, a lot of the meditations that have you lean into, for example, connecting with the suffering of other people or extending compassion in the midst of suffering. It has you go through this spiral where that starts with the low hanging fruit, the easiest thing, right? Connection with somebody that you really love and already like, right? Or connection with, with, a, with a type of suffering that's mild and then expanding the, you know, essentially increasing the difficulty as you go spiral through the meditation. And that can happen in a single sitting you know, you have a good long meditative sit and you spiral through these, you know, ever increasing circles of connection into more difficult territory where it might happen over a long period of time, right? You might practice your interconnection muscle with things that are just easy and joyful to feel connected to, you know, your pets, your garden, your loved ones, you know, whatever it is, the sky, you know, whatever feels good to connect to. And you you build your muscle of even leaning into that concept, right? Like feeling it in yourself. And then when you're ready, you expand into deeper, more challenging levels of interconnection once you've built up enough capacity, enough strength. Knowing though, that if we are going to grow and we are going to evolve as individuals and as a collective, at at some point, we gotta get uncomfortable. But we wanna be well equipped to navigate that discomfort so that we don't just pitch off the edge and give it up. Yeah, Yeah, it's like going to the gym. Exactly. You gotta start with your five pound dumbbells, work your way on up. Oh, good. Good. Good stuff. Yeah, this uh, this concept is, uh, it's so central, it's so fundamental to the spiritual, philosophical, cultural foundations of Reiki. And it's one that I think it's, um, you know, it's one of those concepts, one of those terms, you know, interconnection that can get kind of bandied about in spiritual communities um, and used in different ways. But, you know, it really bears spending the time to really root into, but what do we actually mean by that? What do we really mean by interconnection? What do we mean by interdependence and independence? Because language, it really matters. You know, I, I think about this all the time in teaching a a practice that is from a culture that's not my own that's being translated from another language i think a lot about the imperfection of language the importance of being clear about what we mean Um, and that happens in a lot of different contexts and just kind of circling us back to independence day um you know it's named that because it's celebrating a specific historical event the moment when the united states became independent as a country from Britain. Um, But the word independence has seeped into our psyche so deeply over the years since that original impulse of independence happened in this nation, that it's become part of our identity of being independent, of being 
separate and individual. And it's, it's like our reliance on that word has caused us to, I think, live very separate, isolated lives. I think it's gotten into our behavior and into our thinking and into our identity in a way that doesn't actually serve us well. Mm. And so, you know, I am, I have been a proponent for a long time of actually renaming the holiday to Interdependence Day, because we can still celebrate the history of how the country came to be. Mm. Can we also acknowledge the really painful parts of that history? Some of us can, right? There's a lot of complexity to that history. Um, but if we look at really what we need as a nation, mm. a lot more collaboration, a lot more connection, a lot more reliance on each other, a lot more trust, a lot more interconnection is what would actually serve us as a nation to be strong, resilient, kind, you know, sustainable, to be continue being a leader or maybe retain our, our uh, identity as leaders in the world towards goodness. Um, I think we could use a reframe. I think that the word independence as a national icon, as a symbol of our identity as a nation is not actually serving us. Not sure that it ever has. So this is my pitch to changing the 4th of July to Interdependence Day for what that's worth. At the very least, we can celebrate it right here on Reiki Women Podcast. Okay. <laughs> We should be voting for you, Michaela. That should, be your, that should be your pitch. Oh, my God. I want no part of that. Uh, but, friends, we would love to hear your experiences with the concept of interconnection. What comes up for you when you think about that? What experiences have you had spiritually, socially with the concept of interconnection? Um, and do you are you on board with my campaign to change Independence Day to Interdependence Day? Let me know in the comments down below. And go ahead and share this podcast with folks that you think would benefit from this conversation. This feels like such an important point of focus for us, not just as Reiki people, uh, but as people. And so I'm really glad to have had this conversation with you, Bronwyn, and with you, dear listeners. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll be back with you next week. All right. We love you.